And to my left is nobody. It's another solo adventure for me today. I just want to touch on a few things. I am recording this on Wednesday, just a few hours before I head out to Dynamite. And uh, the podcast proper will be back next week. I will have a guest on that week. And then another episode will be coming uh, shortly after with my normal co-host, Storm. We'll be back. We'll be, we'll be talking about some behind-the-scenes stuff as well as... Uh, pretty sure we'll be catching up on the Boss J together. So we'll be talking about that in the next episode. But as for now, let's move on to the start of the show. All right. I'm going to be talking about two shows today. First up is AEW Double or Nothing. That happened this uh, a few days ago this past Sunday. Overall, the card was up and down. Slow, slow start. And then it picked picked up very much right after the Anarchy in the Arena match. Match opened with, uh, not match, show rather. Opened with Orlo defeating MJF in basically a glorified squash match. Theatrics and everything. He hit him with 10 power bombs, people. 10 power bombs. Got his got his uh revenge for the 10 lashes. Yeah, after he won, they gave him the uh the graphic. Now he's Orlo's now officially all elite. It's good for him. We'll see where this leads. Uh, kind of disappointed because he was dearly missed in the Boss J this year. Wardlow would have been crazy in that. Let's see here. Next matchup was the tag team match. Elite versus Extreme. The Hardys taking on the Young Bucks. With uh, the Hardys picking up the win, surprisingly. The which, since they're going to be in California this week for Dynamite Rampage... The Rampage taping is in Ontario, which is very close to where the Bucks are up in Rancho. So they could run it back. Well, maybe not because Jeff's uh, out hurt, but they could uh, run it back in a different way. They could give Jeff another part, or not Jeff, Matt. They could have him team up with somebody else and run it back at the Rampage taping on Friday. So we'll see where this goes. <clears throat> match was uh eh <laughs> to say it wasn't bad but it wasn't great uh jeff obviously was uh, out of it for most of it still did his crazy shit did the swanton to the still steps already picked up the win feel good moment for everybody next up was the uh tbs title match man this match <laughs> It's not Jade's fault. Jade actually performed really well. She hit her super finisher. Jade it off the top. But, uh, man, Anna Jay was just slopping all over that, all over this match. She was very unpolished. She has a long way to go. Next up was the House of Black versus Brody King. <laughs> House of Black. The House of Black, not Brody King. The House of Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black taking on Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, and Ray Phoenix. This is where this is one of the, was one of the high points in the show. This match was excellent. Both teams put on the clinic. Uh, when they hit the Dante's Inferno, the the spike the spike that uh, Brody gave Ray was 
insane. He sat down in that man's head. He might as well have been a a freaking uh telephone pole. That's how straightened out he was. Spiked him hardcore. At the pack was setting up for the red arrow or de- uh black arrow. And then Julie Hart came out. She finally gave in and joins the House of Black. She missed Pac again, allowing uh, Malachi to pick up the win. Solid match. Next up, the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Final Match. Adam Cole defeating Samoa Joe. Kind of went how I expected. Uh, I kind of expected this match to end in shenanigans, which it did. Uh, Bobby Fish came out and distracted Joe and long enough for... Adam Cole to get the advantage and pick up the win. Winning with the boom. This time around. Samoa Joe came out with my favorite uh, Joe Joe attire. The black and green trunks. Love those. Next up, we had the finals of the women's side of the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament. Did I say women's tournament for the last one? I might have. Just reading. But Dr. Britt Baker defeats Ruby Soho. Surprisingly, this match wasn't a stinker. As uh, Britt Baker tends to do. She is just... You just leave every Britt Baker match uh, not disappointed, but really underwhelmed. Because she has all this hype around her. Her promos are kind of stinky. It's like, why are you just going to be shitting on all your opponents? Like, you... Uh, the the face to face that happened on Dynamite the week uh, before this this pay per view, Punk basically showed her how to cut a promo when she when he was uh talking to Hangman. He built up Hang. He was talking. He was talking to Hangman, but he was also talking up Hangman. He was building him up with this promo, not making him look mad. He's making him look like a dominant champion. But uh, Breaker's kind of getting stagnant now. But she ends up picking up the win. Uh, very sloppy roll-up. They ran it back from the Tony Storm match, which is bleh. But, you know, we everybody kind of saw this coming. Uh, TK loves Adam Cole and Britt Breaker, so and he wants them to be a power couple. So that's where we're at. But they did get nice belts. Old uh, Stampede style. Black and, uh, black and pink. Fantastic moment for Martha Hart. The crowd was... Giving her essentially in the standing ovation the entire segment. Next up was a match I skipped. This is my uh my break. I went to go do some stuff while this match was on. Man of the Year, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zant take on the team of Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. Uh Man of the Year pick up the win. Good. Please get away from each other now, which now I think Frankie and Sammy can no longer challenge for the TNT title. So we'll see where it goes from now. Hopefully he gets a little bit of a shine and prestige back. Next up was Kyle O'Reilly taking on Darby Ellen. Darby took a beating, but uh, his guts activated. The finish was uh, fantastic. Uh, O'Reilly was uh, choking Darby with his chain. Around his neck, put in his mouth, hung him up by it. Uh, Kyle picks up the win here. Next up, the uh, first title match on the card, which was the AEW Women's Championship, Thunder Rosa defeating Serena Deeb. Match was 
good. They gave it time, about 16 minutes, 17 minutes, I would say. Uh, wasn't really like paying full attention to this one. It was kind of just there. Thunder Rosa picked up the win. I was going to yell at my screen for uh, D when she locked in the curve relief, but she kneeled down on it. I was like, and then it clicked in my mind. I was like, if she stands up, she Thunder Rosa is just going to be dangling there. So, match was good. She did the uh, the Dustin uppercut, dropped in the knee uppercut, uh, uppercut on D. A little shout out there. Thunder Rosa retains. I'll see where rain goes from here. Uh, everybody's kind of clamoring for um the, what the hell's her name sorry uh jamie hater everybody wants jamie hater jump into this conversation which yes please but i'm thinking for forbidden door if uh maki was is able to defend her uh international princess championship against rio from who is now on excursion in tgpw for forbidden door we could do champion versus champion uh thunder rosa never lost that belt and Maki was the person she beat for it. So we can have this little champion versus champion, winner takes all situation. Let Thunder Rosa carry that belt. I don't know if she'll be able to do both consistently, but she can defend both belts on AEW. Maybe do a couple excursions. And some big shows for TJPW, which would be fantastic. She'd be a great she'd be a great help and get for the uh rookies. Always love the TJPW rookies though. They always um when they're running the ropes, I never they're never lazy with running the ropes. It takes them a minute to get going with strikes and stuff. Like they get better over time. But like take Mocha, for example. When Mocha's hitting the ropes, she hits some ropes like they owe her money. So moving on, we have the Anarchy in the Arena match. This oh, this match was so gifable. There was so much shit going on. The Jericho Appreciation Jericho Appreciation Society taking on the team of the Blackpool Combat Club, Danielson and Moxley, with Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. They uh, literally was anarchy in the ring. They're all over the place. One second. I have to reply to this. Yeah, they were all over the place. Uh, Garcia was trailing around uh, Kingston. He locked him in a freight elevator. There's this fantastic image of Eddie Kingston, bloody, bloody Yankee shirt, holding gasoline, brand gasoline, coming to set someone on fire. Man looked insane. It was crazy. Match was super fun at the beginning. They literally kept looping uh, Wild Thing. Until Jericho pulled the plug. Bitch-ass Jericho. Yeah, this match is fun. Uh, ending, I did not expect Danielson to be the one that took it. But um, kind of ended with dissension. As they are, they're always fight, bickering and fighting with each other. Danielson had the label lock on Jericho. And <laughs> he was at Kingston was pouring the gasoline and instead of like move like telling Danielson to get away, he's just pouring it on both of them. And Danielson's like, what the fuck, dude? So like, they shove each other. Which causes uh, Hager to hit them from behind and they get the advantage. They get the uh, two on one against Danielson. Uh, Jericho, I believe, had. 
what was he? Uh, he had the walls of Jericho on, and then uh, Hagar put the uh, the uh, steel turnbuckle post in uh, Danielson's mouth, and he was pulling back on it. So referee stopped the, stops the match. So you know, Danielson and Kingston are gonna murder each other at the next pay per view. Can't wait for that. Also, I'll get to. Oh wait, never mind. I'll get to that later. I'll wait to the. I'll wait for the main for this. But yeah. Match was a ton of fun. Everybody, like, I was kind of, like, not dozing off, but, like, I, I'm, I was tired. I had to work the next day. But I was just kind of like, okay. Okay. And then this match perked me right up. Next up, we had the three-way for the tag team title matches. The Jurassic Express defending their belts against Swerve and Keith Lee and Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. Fun match. I was kind of hoping that uh, the uh, the Jungle Crew would lose lose their belts here to either team really, but uh, Team Taz would be perfect for those belts right now. They could be having a lot of fun with them, a lot of tag, a lot of teams they could do. As much as I like uh, Swerve and Lee as a ta- as a tag team, I want to see these guys chasing singles gold myself. I really hope that uh, Team Taz get a one-on-one rematch and they win the belts. It'll freshen up the division, very much so. I was I'm, I was kind of hoping that they would lose here, just just so we can finally get the uh, the Christian Cage turning on the Jurassic Express, and he's gonna whoop Jungle Boy's ass when that happens. If you don't know, now you know. Next up, the main event. For tonight, the AEW World Title match, CM Punk defeating and taking the belt off of Adam Page. So, this match is great. They did; they had a good build to this one. Maybe not as strong as the Wardlow MJF stuff, but match was a uh, very good build. It was kind of like. They had that like that little like anything you can do I can do better. Uh, Hangman was really on the I'm gonna defend this belt against this outsider that just came into the promotion kind of like I started this shit kind of spiel. And Punk was just like, "Hey man, look, I had like I have no problems with you. This is just business." So he wasn't really he's not he wasn't a heel. I would say it's kind of just like a tweener thing like. Hangman is like the people's champion now. But, you know, everybody loves Punk. So, match was good. Uh, Punk turned the buckshot into the uh, cap gun. <laughs> it was, uh, every time he tried to do it, his knee would give out. Uh, Paige hit him with a killer, killer GTS. Knee right, like, all knee, all face. It was perfectly executed. It was it looked a lot better than the one he had on Takeshita. Which Takeshi is also a massive man, so maybe that had something to do with it. Um, ending the match, it was just kind of like, "Come on, man, just do it." But Anna Page had the the ref was uh, knocked down. He had the AEW World Title after I think they went to the Timekeeper's Table. But uh, Hangman was looking at it and trying to decide of should I hit him and keep it. Or do I do this the honor of boy? And those few seconds of him debating with himself until his conscience finally uh, came in. 
uh, set him up for uh, he went for the buckshot. Punk ducks it. They go into like a little uh, roundabout, spins him around, gets him into the GTS. Boom! One, two, three, and new champion CM Punk. Man, FTR came out with celebrated with them, and this is like one of those moments. You know, regardless of how you feel about Punk, it was just a fantastic moment. Uh, seeing Punk come back after seven years, TK was beaming at the presser. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Punk is gonna be having this crowd tonight, eating out of the palm of his hand. It's gonna be really good. Uh, where do we go for with Punk? I can see some uh, outsider challenges, like some guys from New Japan or other promotion. I know he want. He said he wants to wrestle Moxley, so I'm sure we'll get that somewhere down the line. But the only thing I could, oh, only match I was thinking of, excuse me, was I recently read Dan, uh, Brian Danielson's book when he was in WWE, he, uh, his autobiography release, and he talks about his matches with Punk in WWE for the, the title, for the WWE Championship, and he he only limit he limited uh, sorry excuse me he limited one thing. He wanted, he always wanted to have him and Punk to have a big match on a Mania. They never got to wrestle on a WrestleMania. They always kind of wrestled on like the B pay per views. They never got to wrestle a big one on a big stage. So, eight, uh, AEW Tony Khan, if you're listening, please set that up, man. Let them. Let the, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what card is their Mania. Some people say double or nothing. It might be full gear. I'm not too sure which one is their their big big show. I know they only do four a year, but one of them's got to stand out, and I can't put my finger on which one it is actually. But give me that. Give me Punk versus Danielson on the big stage. I know they're in their forties now, but man, they they are gonna light that place up. You want to talk about electricity in the air? Wait till that happens. But yeah. Yeah, that was AEW double, double or nothing. I had, a, I had a fun time. Like I said, up and down, in and out, uh, attention. But I I remember I sat, I glued myself to my chair for the uh, world title match. Yeah, that'll wrap that up. And I'll be back with the next show I wanted to talk about. Next show, Stardom Flashing Champions 2022. They stopped calling everything uh, Dream Cinderella. Now everything is something champions. So let's start this off. Uh, dark match, actually. Uh, pre-show essentially uh scramble tag which is kind of like they drew tag it was they had six people but they ended up random random lottery drawing their partners so we ended up with the teams of legacy momokogo and saida defeating the team of amisore and the twins hina and rena i was kind of i was a little disappointed we could have had the tall all the tall girls on one team and all the shorties on the other i always forget because i was i'm i was kind of used to hina being the taller one for a while and then when she left, she came back. Both uh, Rena and Hanan are now taller than her, so it always throws me off a little bit. Uh, happy to see the big girl on the card. Uh, Momokogo picks up a big win here. She got the win. And uh, we'll get into more Momokogo a little bit later on in the show. But next up, as per usual, the uh, hot opener of the five-minute future title match, Hanan versus Ruwaka. It... It's clear how much Hanan has improved from the first when she beat uh, Rocka for the, about the, a few months back at uh, the, the 1229 show. I forget the name of it. The Basically, the year in Climax. But 
you know, Hina, Hanan, I, I'm getting mixed up again. <laughs> Hanan has improved drastically, kind of showed how much she's surpassed Ruaka in ring. But after the match, uh, Hanan retains. And after the match, Tomoka Inaba comes out to challenge Hanan. And man, I can't wait for that. Two future aces going after each other. I kind of expect uh, uh, Tomoko to pick up the win here. Uh, I think it's time for Hanan to move on to bigger and better things. Give her, let her get a tag run or a trios run. Have her team with, she can win it with uh, Mayu and Hazuki. That'd be a great team for her to have around her. Let her go on in a string of um, defenses with the artist belts. As much as I don't want her to take them off the new champions, which we'll get to later. But I think that'd be a perfect spot for her now to help her. Because she'll have the the captain, the wily captain of Mayu, and the, uh, how, would I, how would I describe Hazuki? Hazuki would be like a great mentor for her. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was trying to think of like the, uh, what, how to phrase that, the terminology to use. But then, then they have that'd be a great trio because then you have Hanan, the future ace, coming in. So I think that's where we should go there. Next up, six women tag. Prom the team of prominence, Akane Fujita, Mochi Natsumi, new name, no longer Mochi Miyagi, but Mochi Na uh, Natsumi now. And Suzu Suzuki, the the ace of all aces. We defeat the team of Cosmic Angels, Mina, Yunagi, and Waka. Waka was showing fire. She wanted to win so bad. Waka took a beating. She posted a picture of her face all beaten, bloodied up. But Waka's getting a little more violent. Every little more. She hit shoot. She's been showing a lot more fire every time she's in the ring. She's starting to shake this off. I would kind of expecting not. Would it? How would I put this? I kind of expect her to expect her expect her to snap. Uh, after one of these matches with a prominence member and join them. Not that she doesn't enjoy your time in um, Cosmic Angels, but her her style is starting to change and morph into a more violent person. She's getting more fiery. She wants to win. She doesn't want to do all this dancing bullshit. But, you know, Waka moving over into prominence as like their stardom rep would be really awesome. So we'll see where that goes. Next up, a huge match. Uh, Azumi defending the High Speed Championship against Thekla. Both go Zoom. So, match is excellent. Azumi show, Azumi's really been showing her stuff. I really enjoy Azumi's styling of High Speed. Because, like, you're High Speed and you're thinking, like, high-flying lucha stuff. But, not, like, yeah, she does, like, her uh, triangle jump plancha up from the ring to the floor. To do like a missile dropkick every once in a while. But her style is more um, misdirection and technical. She, she works more with holds and counter holds than high flying stuff. Like she always finds a way to get into a, her numero uno submission. That's her main goal. Like she'll spin around you. She'll misdirect you. She'll roll through something that you weren't expecting to get her way into her numero uno. Which... She did for Tecla, and that's how she picked up the win here with the numero uno. Another big defense for Azumi. She's on a good run right now. I'm glad she kept the belt. And then, as I was talking about earlier, Momokogo comes out and challenges Azumi, which I don't think she should be Azumi, but I think 
the high speed title is a perfect spot for Momokogo in the future. She does wrestle Lucha, which is surprisingly rare in stardom. But she wrestles like the, like, not pure, but mostly Lucha styling. She does the 619. She moves around like a Lucha wrestler. So I think eventually when the bout gets off of Azumi and it kind of takes a step down from the two, the past two champions of uh, SLK and Azumi, which whoever takes the belt off Azumi is going to have big shoes to fill. So that's set. That, that match is set for the future. Next up, Mayu Iwatani defending the SWA Undisputed World Women's Championship against the alien of Fukiken Death. Uh, under five. Yeah, under five minutes here. Uh, fun match. Fukiken does a moonsault with the death hands. Always staying in character. Always forget people. People sometimes forget that the person under the, the death persona was... At one time, one of the uh, aces of the high-speed division. So, shoulder stuff there. Mayu retained. So, we'll see where she goes. I kind of expect her to go on an excursion. Maybe show. Maybe she just shows up at Forbidden Door and wrestles. Um, hopefully not Britt Baker, but someone from AEW. Maybe she shows up at an ROH show. I don't know. She has, I mean, she does have uh, roots there. She did uh, win the ROH Women's Championship when it was a thing, so. Let her have a big match on the ROH pay-per-view against somebody. Have Bring in somebody. Not somebody on the roster. They don't even have a roster anymore, but, like, bring in a good challenger for her. They could do something like uh, Tony Storm. Run that back. That'd be uh, that'd be great for Forbidden Door, actually. But have her wrestle someone like Tony, uh, Athena, you know, we have some options here. She could have let her come over, have a banger, and then go back home. Next up, uh, tag, tag team match. Kyrie and Tam Nakano defeating the team of Queen's Quest, Miyu, Amasaki, and Utami Hayashista. I learned how to say it. I'll say it, I'll say it on the next episode. I'll save it. I'll save it for you guys. Uh, Kyrie and Tam kind of just bully Miyu. Being in the match, Tommy puts her hands on Miyu's shoulder and looks her in the eyes. Now look, I'm gonna tell you this once: if you die, you die. And did you study? Did you study uh, Kingston versus Punk from Full Gear like I told you to? When you see your arms start moving, I need you to duck. Do you remember the five Ds? Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and it takes a swing at her. Dodge. See, taught you well. But uh, Kyrie cracks the shit out of me in this match. Back fist. Um, I I looked at the replay because I was at the finish. Uh, I thought Kyrie's elbow landed when she did her insane elbow. I thought she landed on Miu's face with the elbow, but no, she hit her like barely in the chest because it looked it looked at the angle they had it. It looked like Kyrie just like literally just full elbow in her face because the way they lay for her elbow, they don't lay uh, sideways like they lay uh, perpendicular, like they lay vertical vertically. Towards the ring post, which is a little scary because if you she overshoots that, that's that's your face, that's your broken nose, jaw, elbows hurt. Uh, next, uh, Kyrie, it was actually Kyrie and Miu's return matches. So we'll move, moving on from there, we had the Goddesses of Sardin Tana match, uh, FWC, Hazuki, and Koma 
defending their belt against Starlight. Uh, not I, I skipped the line. Uh, Donald, the team of Donald, Mano, Julia, and uh, Mai. Mai uh, got this match from uh, rolling up Koguma in their last encounter and then proceeding to challenge for the belts. Uh, this match, it was good. Hazuki and Julia tried to murder each other at the end. They slapped shit at each other, choking each other. Uh, Koguma gets her win back on Mai uh, with the splash, retaining. I believe this is V1 for their second reign with the belts. After defeating, after getting defeated by the team of uh, Black Desire, Starlight Kid, and uh, Momo, and then uh, taking the belts back off of them. So we'll see where they end up. I think they should hold these belts to the, uh, to the end of the tag league. So we'll see where they go from there with this. Next up, we have the Artists of Stardom title match. The long reigning team of, they've held these belts for a very long time. Of Donald Delmondo, My Himapoi, Himika, Micah, and Natsupoi, defeated by the Awada Tai team of Momo Watsunabe, Saki Kashima, and Starlight Kid. Match was good. Match ended exactly how it should. Uh, Saki hitting the revival on Poi. Oh, always the wily one. But I like this trio for uh, Awada Tai. You have Saki Kashima, the wily captain. You have the, the ace of Momo, and you have the Prodigy of Starlight Kid. Should be a fun reign. Momo has the orange belt. That's all that matters. That's the ace belt right there. Next up was the Wonder Stardom title match of Sai Kamatani defending the belt against the Cinderella winner, Mirai. 25 minutes. Man, this match went pretty long. The longest match on the card. They gave them a lot of time for this one. All right, cool. Yeah, this, this is one of those defenses where... Not that I, not that Mirai could beat uh, Saya. Not that she that she should, in a way. It was more so of the fact that uh, Mirai can beat. Like she's in a position to beat Saya. So, you know, all the Saya fans out, out there were um, a little nervous about this because this is like one, like one of the first ones. Like, like when she defended the belt against Micah. It's not that Mike Micah was not in a position like to win in a way. It was just like a random challenge. But we all know that Micah can beat Saya. Like just outright beat Saya. Uh Mariah got to show her stuff. Her uh earnest comments at the end of her Cinderella win when she was basically saying she looked at the trophy and got the mic and was like, This is the first time I ever won something. So, you know, kinda got that sympathy of like, yeah. Very earnest, very, uh, like you want to root for her at that point. But at the uh, start of the, sh uh, not the start of the show, at the start of this podcast, episode one, I had a whole section about Saya Kamatani. So I am very big on the Golden Phoenix. I think she is having a very fantastic run. She's the best part, best thing about stardom right now. She still has her deniers out there. A lot of people aren't really into her. Which to me it's kind of wild. I don't see it. I don't get it. But yeah, my right shoulder stuff here. She hit the cradle shock. Uh, when Saya went for the Phoenix the first time and missed, my heart sank all the way to Hades. And then she got her armbar armbar on. And she got her armbar, and I was like, no, Saya's about to tap out. So I was very nervous. I was very, very nervous about this. 
And then, uh, actually, the match went on a lot longer. Uh, Saya got murdered with the lariat. Mariah took her head off. She did. She turned her inside out. And then, um, Mariah went for another lariat. Saya ducked it, and I already knew it was coming. Saya ducked it, hit the ropes, and I was like, here comes the spinning wheel kick. And bam, I was like, yes! Saya's uh, facial expressions are always fantastic here. Uh, no, no, 450 this time. She did not go for it. I think she still needs to practice that one. First time, it wasn't bad. She just, I, for the Phoenix Splash, she gets, she's able to get her distance. She does because instead of, because she's turning her body sideways when she's doing it to do the, the inverted 450, you know, the second part of it. But she's pushing, like she's facing the opposite way. So she's able to push off the top turnbuckle. But with the 450, she has to jump forward. I don't think she was used to that. So. We'll see if she brings that up next. Uh, Saya should hold the belt for quite a while longer. Maybe not until the year in climax, but Saya picks up the win with the Phoenix Splash. Uh, crushing Mariah's hopes and dreams. This is a good uh, good run for, was it, six months for Mariah? And she didn't get pushed too, too hard. You know, her winning the Cinderella was like, you know, kind of felt like, oh, this is kind of fast. But she's kind of been put into like a same situation that Saya was in last year. So we'll see where she goes. She'll be a challenger for a long time. I think uh, she should have a very good tag league run. Let her team up with um, Ami and let them run rough shot. Let them be big and strong. Uh, power and glory. Yeah. Uh, after the match, uh, Starlight Kid comes out and challenges Saya Kamatani. That match is going to be amazing. I am not convinced, really, or sold on uh, SLK being in the uh, Wonder uh, starting uh, what uh, the Wonder title picture. Not because she's not great. Whenever they give her big matches, she always shows up. But my main gripe with SLK is that I don't know. It's just. I'm not I'm not convinced. Like she's not believable to me. Like she's not a uh, uh, believable. Of her beating the people at the top yet. She hasn't built that up for me yet. So when I see SLK wrestling the bigger stars, I don't. I don't go in the match. Like she could roll them up. But I think her. She needs to develop her style a little bit more. Cause she's still in like that little in between phase of like, oh yeah, she was a happy, happy, you know, fun starlight kid where she would flip all over like Dora Moon Salts and. Did that kind of stuff. Now she's kind of working into like her power moves. She does the driver that she does. So I think she just needs a little more time to in the oven to cook. Uh, eventually, I, I'm pretty sure eventually in a couple years or so, we'll be seeing a Wonder of Stardom title match of Izumi versus Starlight Kid at a big show. And that'll be wild. But yes, uh, Saya V6 has a very strong reign. I'm thinking we can get to V10 actually. If I'm being honest, she can beat um, she can beat SLK B7. She can have nine or ten defenses. I think she'll have a couple more, and then eventually, if she holds it that long, um, I think eventually at the end at the end of the year we'll finally set up her versus Kyrie, and that's where Kyrie will get her uh, white belt run. And um, I think for the White Knights tag team of Tam and Kyrie, I think that'll be their downfall. Because I think I'm not downfall. I think that's will that'll be the moment where they have that. I have this now. We both had this, and that's when Tam's gonna want to fight her for it, and that match would be 
Excuse me. That match would be excellent. They're going to be uh, screwdrivers. They're going to be busting out all kinds of moves. Excuse me. Let me drink some water real quick. I'm talking really fast. But yes, moving on to the World Stardom Tournament match. No rules. Only give up or submission. No count out either. And uh, yeah, Risa Sarah beats the fuck out of Sherry in this match. The Kendo sticks, prominence interference. She was hitting, like, there's a picture of Sherry's back after the match. You can see, like, the inlays of the, the Kendo stick just all over her back. It was pretty nuts. Um, Sherry fired up at the end, broke the. Broke the candlestick, chokes out uh, Risa Sarah. There was a point in the match where uh, Sherry backed her into the corner, and she's laying in these knees. And all I could think about was I was watching a match. I went to back, go back and watch a match between Shibata and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, and he caught a knee from Shibata, and it sounded like he shit himself. And that's all I was thinking about. Here. I was like, she like she was laying in the knees. It was, and you can hear the oof, like you can hear the grunts. And you could you could feel uh, Risa's uh, soul sl- slowly leaving her body, but uh, yeah, uh, another high point too was uh, Risa grabbed the candlestick. Sherry was on her knees, and instead of just like whacking her on over the top of the head like you normally would, she baseball swings home runs her ass. All I heard was the smash sound effect go off in my head. But moving on to. The after the uh, the post match, Sherry gets challenged by Mama Watanabe. Yes, or Watanabe would would what have you, whichever you prefer. But finally, it's time. The redemption arc is coming. Not how I would have got here. I would have had Mama win the five star. When now she's challenging here. I don't think that's happening anymore. That was really Momo five star. I mean, they could. I mean, they could build up the uh, the two match uh, series here. Um, as we all know, Sherry defeated Momo last year in the five star final to win. So we could set up a little thing here where she beats Momo here this time around, and then Momo goes on a tear through the five star wins, and we get the rematch, the 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 third match where uh, Sherry's two up on Momo now, and then Momo finally gets the big win and becomes the red belt champion. Took a little bit of it took a little bit of time for her to find like kind of figure out her new heel persona in um Obertai. But we're there now. And uh this is long overdue for Momo. She's been the ace of the company. She her uh her Wonder Stardom title, uh record breaking world star uh Wonder Stardom title, uh title reign was uh is the stuff of legends around uh the stardom fandom. So I'm very, very excited. Um, Sherry losing here would be kind of weird, but this is the first, I think this is the first defense for Sherry where you're like, yeah, Momo can do this. Momo can win this. Momo, Momo, it's believable of Momo beating Sherry. So I am very, very excited for this. And, uh, oh yeah, I forgot to mention a little fun spot for me. Uh, Amisore, the bodyguard, uh, single-handedly cleared out uh prominence with shoulder tackles. She got to the end and the one once she hit a shoulder tackle and the, she didn't go down. She grabbed her by the shoulders, killing my heat, man. So 
Yeah, I'm very, very excited for what's coming in the soon. I think this pay-per-view will be at the end of this month. If I'm sure I heard something about the uh, June 26th, so we'll see. Um, at the end of the show, I'll go over a couple things that got announced before I wrap it up. But yeah, that was Stardom Flashing Champion. All right, before I wrap it up today, I just want to go over a few, th- a few things in the future that are coming up. Uh, also, I forgot during the regular show that there was a very important thing that I skipped over. Uh, after the match between White Knights and Queen's Quest, Kyrie challenged Utami to a singles match. And oh boy, eventually when we get to that, it'll be amazing. Uh, now that uh, Utami is now the official leader of Queen's Quest, uh, I think now her losing weights will be over. And uh, this was her first big test as a leader for that match. She This was her first, you know, she has the new member that she invited, and now she has to coach her and guide her way through this tag team match with two of the pillars of Sardom, which are Kyrie and Tam Nakano. So this is uh, Utami's first big test as a leader. Um, I think she will get her mojo back in the five star. But we'll see where uh, Utami goes in the future. I think she's a big match machine. Uh, give her a big match on a, on a big card and she will uh, pull through. She is a very fantastic talent. Only three years under her belt, but she is one of the best wrestlers around today. But. Moving on from that, we have the announcements. Uh, Stardom put out a few announcements for their upcoming shows. Uh, the next uh, big show with the pay-per-view with the title matches will be uh, Stardom Midsummer Champions, which will be the July 9th. This match, uh, this match, not this match, it's card rather, excuse me, will have the title matches of the High Speed Championship, Azumi versus Momokogo. Uh, one or Stardom title will that will be defended by Sai Kamatani against Starlight Kid. And the Clash, the fin- the finally the rematch, World Star and Championship, Sherry versus Momo. So I'm very much looking forward to that on July 9th. Uh, that is uh, starting Midsummer Champions uh, 2022, and that'll be on July 9th. But there was another big announcement they made at the next pay-per-view. There, <clears throat> what show was it? Stardom fight in the top, I believe. Well, that match. What is this? Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I got a notification on my screen. I need to read it real quick. But the next pay per view they announced, which was. Stardom fight in the top, which will be uh, June 26th. So I was correct with what I said earlier in the show. But June 26th, this match, I believe, will have uh, Goddesses of Stardom uh, tag match, I believe. I believe that'll be depending on the card. Maybe not. Uh, not too much has been announced yet. This is the dates for a lot of their upcoming shows. But a uh, big, big announcement. At this show, I believe... There will be Stardom's first ever steel cage match. And that can mean one of two things. We get we get a run back between Risa and Sherry. Uh, I think Risa basically being like, hey, let's run this back. 
but none of this outside bullshit, even though she's the one that did it. But, you know, them two locked into each other. Like, you're, I'm not locked in. Uh, Sherry's basically going to tell her, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And then we could also finally get the match between Suzu Suzuki and Julia, which they haven't been really building towards, which is strange. We know that they don't like each other, but they're kind of just like, they coexist right now in a weird way. Um, but yeah, if we get that in the cage, oh boy, because we, we know we know Julia can get violent. We know she's rough. We know she's strong. But we also know we everybody knows if you watch Suzu, we we know that Suzu is crazy. So I'm excited to see what they announced there. And then Stardom also announced the um, new Blood Three, which is coming up. Uh, two matches have been announced. We're gonna have Waka versus. Ram Kaichao, which, welcome back, Ram. I'm glad her wrist finally healed up. And uh, Julia versus Miyu. Miyu is always in danger, it seems like. They're putting her through the ringer. They're putting her through her paces. They're like, you're going to get good, and you're going to get good fast. They're really priming her up to be one of the uh, next uh, aces for the company. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they announced there. Uh, what was the last thing I wanted to touch on? Oh, yeah. Uh, two things, rather. Uh, we have... I will be uh, talking about the Catch the Wave tournament that's happening in Pro Wrestling Wave on the next episode, as well as um, I will be talking to Storm about the Boss Day when, we, when I get back with him. Uh, I am just, I have a, a guest I want to, I'm waiting to bring on. I'm just waiting for uh, July 5th because there's one show I'm waiting, we're waiting to watch because I wanted to talk about that with him, which would be uh, DPW, No Pressure. We want to talk about something very specific from that show. So after that happens, I, we will get together and we'll have that little uh, fun guest episode for you guys. I'm also working on a few other things. So uh, we will be talking about behind the scenes stuff on the next episode with Storm. And um, I wanted to close this out with a little. I just want to talk about it a little bit. Was um, if you've seen, if you look, if you've seen the pod art, you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But I really love how Suzu and Risa are just showing up everywhere as a duo. Yes, they have prominence with them, but they're right right now they're like the outsiders in stardom, which is fantastic. And I gotta give I gotta give Risa her flowers, really, because. You know, she could have been she could have been uh, arrogant and made this all about her, like she's showing up. But no, she's really started this group because I remember when it started, everybody was kind of nervous. Like, okay, like what are they gonna do? You know, they're just gonna be doing uh deathmatch shit in parking garages with Onita. But no, um, Suzu has been able to work freely uh, from the chains of Ice Ribbon. She's Always, always in wave. It seems like she shows up in other other uh, random promotions too. But um, I really love how Suzu is right now. Currently, is in two tournaments. She's gonna be, she's in the Cast the Wave right now, and she's gonna be in the Five Star. And I really got to give it up for Risa for give making these opportunities for Suzu to go out and really show her stuff. 
And uh, it's, yeah, it's really fascinating to see that, like, yeah, like I said, that Risa could be like, yes, me, I'm out here. I'm free. I can go wherever I want. Like, well, yes, she did have the wonders, the World of Star uh, title match. The focus is uh, Suzu is been, no pun intended, more way more prominently featured in Stardom than she has. Suzu's on all the new blood shows. She's has random tag matches sometimes on cards. Uh, so yeah, Suzu is gonna be either a big player in Stardom going in the future. Cause there ain't no way that Hatman ain't trying to back that branch up next to her house. So we'll see. Like I know they wanted they're gonna do this for a year. The deathmatch tour stuff. So we'll see when uh they have their fun. We'll see what Suzu decides to do because she's only nineteen years old, which is insane for how good she is. And uh, yeah, they recently had after the flashing championship the next day or next couple days rather, uh, Suzu and Risa had a deathmatch, and uh, it's really like Risa is basically her mom, and it's very beautiful to see because I swear after every prominent show suzu starts crying because she loves this shit she loves death matches and she really does deserve the love she's getting suzu love suzu loves what she does and we should love her for that but we'll see and uh yeah don't want to ramble on too much here i felt like i rambled a little bit too much this episode but thank you guys for listening and i'll see you guys next time